Good evening to you all and thank you for joining us once again. We have a very special meeting tonight as we celebrate the ascension of the risen Jesus back to his home in heaven. As we see our lockdown rules changed almost day by day at the moment, I saw someone make a humorous quote this week that Thursday marked the day when Jesus returned to working from home. Meanwhile, those of us who are still here wait for better news about the world pandemic situation and prepare to share the tenth of our series of salvation meetings here on Fortress Radio. Don't forget that there's also a prayer meeting and holiness meeting on Sundays and next Saturday, when many of us might, in other circumstances, have been enjoying the Salvation Sounds Music Festival in Birmingham, Fortress Radio is glad to be hosting a very special, guest-packed virtual festival. That's this Saturday, 30th of May at 8pm. Please join us if you can. Now, someone pointed out to me that last week they had their tambourines ready to join in with the congregational singing. And then I didn't include any songs with choruses. We'd better put that right tonight then, hadn't we? So we'll start with song number 447 in the songbook. Who comes to me, the Saviour said, to him I freely give eternal life, though he were dead, yet henceforth shall he live. The Saviour now will give eternal life to all who seek. Let's sing together verses 1 two and four of this great song.
come together to pray now, I want us to think about heaven. There are so many images of heaven, aren't there? It always makes me smile a little sadly when a hell-raising rock star passes away and we see a little cartoon of him in the newspaper sitting on a cloud with little wings on his back strumming his guitar. If only it were as easy as that to get in. Well, actually, it is as easy as that to get in. All we have to do is accept the offer of a free place in eternity that's offered to us by the risen Jesus. A lot of people, a great number of Christians even, seem to believe today that because God loves us and loves all his children, then we're all going to go to heaven anyway. I can't see how that works myself. Are we saying that some of the things Jesus said are wrong? Some of the things he said about I am the way, the truth and the life? And then in Matthew 7 verses 13 to 14 when Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Are some teachers, even preachers, daring to tell us that Jesus was lying or exaggerating? If that's what's believed, why do we even bother trying to live as Christians? Why evangelise? Why try to live our lives to be witnesses for Jesus? It seems strange to me. I, like you I'm sure, try to become a little better every day. I spoke last week about holiness and our lifelong journey to grow in our experience, our faith to better and better our relationships with Jesus, to become ever more like him. We used to sing a lovely chorus, yet again it's now been removed from our songbooks, but we're going to sing it anyway. The words say, ever thine, thine alone. Henceforth, Saviour, I will be. This my hope, my life's ambition, day by day to grow like thee. Beautiful words and music written by Richard Slater, often regarded as the father of Salvation Army music. Let's sing that chorus together now before we pray. Ever thine.
Lord, as we've just sung together, we want to be your people. We want to grow to be like you. In every thought and deed, this is our aim. That day by day we will become closer and closer to you, so that you may speak through our lives. We live in a world that's full of confusion right now, a world in which people just cannot understand what's going on. All over the world, people are becoming ill and dying from a virus that we don't understand. We don't even know where it came from. We don't really know how to treat it. Although we do pray earnestly tonight for wisdom and inspiration for the doctors and scientists who are working so hard to create a cure or a vaccine. We pray for those who are suffering not just from the coronavirus, but also other sorts of illnesses and conditions that hamper their lives and prevent them from living as they would wish to live. We pray for all those who care for us, those in our own homes, those in our families, doctors, nurses, teachers, cleaners, all who strive day by day in their jobs to make this world a better and safer place for us all to live. We pray tonight for those who are suffering from loneliness at this time, starved of human contact, those who live alone but are currently denied hugs and even visits from their children, grandchildren and friends. May we have an inner peace which comes from you. Let it flow through us all, to bring us together in this time of need. We pray for our leaders, that you will give them wisdom in dealing with the situation in which we live, that their decisions will not simply be based on what we can afford or what is best for the economy, but on what is best for the people, the people who live under their own duty of care. We pray for all those who are trying to continue and progress your work in this needy world at this time. All those church leaders and officers who are learning and developing new skills in using technology and the internet to reach their congregations. We thank you and praise you that media is telling us that over five times as many people are joining in with online services than were even attending churches before the lockdown. May we all be inspired to continue in our efforts to take Jesus to all the world, for he will put things right if we give him the chance through our own lives and the lives of all those who will turn to him and believe. And this week, as we think about the ascension, your return to your heavenly throne, we pray that we will indeed be worthy, be saved and sanctified, justified in claiming our own places in heaven when the time comes for us to join you there. Let us truly be ever thine, thine alone. And bless us all, Lord, wherever we might be, and in all we do. Amen.
Our next song this evening is one that I remember singing ever since I was a young boy in the singing company and YP band. In Heckmondwyck Corps in the West Riding of Yorkshire, my two friends Stephen Lister, Glenn Tillotson and I were christened the Three Musketeers by our lovely singing company leader Linda Thompson. Goodness me, she must have had some patience to cope with us as eight or nine-year-olds. Well, I remember singing that song. We used to sit on the front row, left-hand side, right in front of the platform with Stephen's dad, Peter. We wore our proper uniform in winter with tunics and ties, but in the summer we were allowed to wear navy shorts and the good old Red Army jersey. I'm so sorry they seem to have gone completely out of use now, although I still have one, far too small for me to wear, I add, in the back of my wardrobe. Anyway, we used to sit together singing this song at the tops of our voices, clapping in the chorus, and when the line came, shout with all my might when I get there, we would shout, Amen! So I want to hear some Amens as we sing this together now. It's song number 968 in the songbook, Marching On in the Light of God.
going straight on from that great sing, we're going to have the band selection for this evening. And it begins with that very same tune. This is Eric Lydson's A Robe of White. <laughs>
in white, in white, walking with Jesus in white. Now there's something to look forward to, isn't it? I can never think of a song like that, or indeed a picture of us walking in white, without my mind turning to the musical The Blood of the Lamb by Generals Gowans and Larson. And that lovely scene near the end when the cast prepare to meet the Lord as they enter heaven. Blood of the Lamb is one of the musicals that I've never been privileged to take part in. But I've seen several productions and I've never failed to be moved by that moment in the presentation. And although I haven't been in it, I do remember my sister Ira being part of the cast when the musical was staged in the Northern Division and we were at Bedlington Corps. There was quite an amazing story in connection with that production, inasmuch as that one evening, during the show's run, as the cast left the stage briefly to put on their white robes, one gentleman in the cast put on his robe, and he went to heaven right there and then, for real. It was tragic and very sad at the time, of course, but what an amazing thing to happen. And I know that that event had a profound effect that no doubt has lasted for the whole lifetimes of the rest of the cast. It's testimony time now. I really love a good testimony period in the meeting. And it gives me chance to say again that I'd be so grateful to receive a testimony from any of you, or indeed from all of you. Please, just record a short message on your phone or tablet and send it to me. If it comes as a video, that's OK. I can just extract the sound from it to use here on the radio. And it doesn't matter if it's just a few words. Do you remember the people who just used to stand up and say, Saved, happy and free? I must confess there were a few times when I wanted to get up and add grumpy, bashful and dopey. But I'm thankful I never did. Or if you want to read a verse from your favourite song, well, that's just fine too. We're going to sing together the chorus of song number 871, This One Thing I Know. And then Aaron McCullough, a young Salvationist from Southampton Shirley Corps, is going to testify for us. This one thing I know, this one thing I know, God in great mercy pardoned me, sent letters and set me free, once I was blind but now I see, this one thing I know, this one thing I know. everyone. My name is Aaron and I'm a soldier at the Southampton Shirley Corps. When Mark asked me to give a testimony, I had to take a moment to think about what I could talk about. This whole situation has caused a dramatic change in what I've been doing, as I am sure it has for all of you. I am a student of musical theatre, just finishing my second year of college, and the lockdown has meant that I can't go out and perform with my friends as I would have done a few weeks ago for our production. 
Furthermore, I have started doing some preparations to continue my training at university. As I am the first in my family to do this form of training, it's a new experience for us all, and it came with a steep learning curve. That being said, the lockdown has allowed me to re-evaluate certain parts of my life, as well as take up some new hobbies. I have been able to start recording and arranging a variety of different types of music whilst we have been in lockdown. Also, I have taken up voice acting, helping a small director turn her first project into a reality. I have also been active again, trying to keep up some form of exercise as often as I can. But perhaps the most important thing out of all of this is that I have been able to reconnect with God. I found that, whilst I was in college at least, I focused so much attention on my training that, perhaps, my faith wasn't strong enough at times. This lockdown has really allowed me to get a hold of my faith again. This is an interesting thought and one I ask you all to take away. When we are busy, we can sometimes lose focus on what is important. We just need to take a moment to reevaluate and reconnect. Yes, this lockdown is a huge opportunity to take up new hobbies, fix up your homes, rediscover lost loves. However, I urge you all to take some time and talk to God. During these times, even for a moment, whether that be through prayer, song, or fellowship with one another somehow, you will find that you will come out of this lockdown stronger in faith. God bless you all. Thank you, Aaron. Let's sing another chorus now and then we're going to hear the Bible reading. So we'll sing chorus 934. It's a stirring chorus, one of many that were written by Will Brand. The world is needing us, Christ is leading us, let us indeed be true. Well, it's the feature chorus, of course, of Bram Coles' great march, Deeds of Valour. So let's enjoy that whole march and then join in when the time comes. Deeds of Valour.
Bible reading this evening is Collected Verses from Luke 24, Mark 16, John 20 and Acts chapter 1. When Jesus had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them, and was taken up into heaven. He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you up into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Then they worshipped him with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Do you know, I think if I'd have been there with the disciples that day, I'd have had to echo the words of the criminal who died with Jesus on the cross. Remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And that's the message that the singing company are now going to bring to us. Do, Lord, oh, do, Lord, oh, do remember me. And after that, our message for this evening is being given to us by Major Brian Slynn, who's the divisional commander of the East Midlands Division in England.
Today we should have celebrated Ascension Day together. Sadly, we can't do that this year. However, I do hope that we can do something to remember the significance of the day. It is important to remember the Ascension of Jesus because in just a few days we will be celebrating Pentecost. And you really can't have Pentecost without the Ascension. Peter says it for us on Pentecost morning when speaking to that great crowd for the first time after the coming of the Holy Spirit in such power. He says, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Jesus himself has said in John's Gospel, if I do not go away, then the Holy Spirit cannot come. And equally, he had said, it's for your benefit. I guess it didn't feel like that for the disciple group as they looked up into the sky and watched Jesus disappear behind the clouds. You can imagine the scene. Maybe you've been in places like that where you've been drawn to people who are looking into the sky or tall buildings or looking in a particular direction and you've become curious and maybe ask the question, what are, you, what are you looking at? When we read the story of the Ascension in the Acts of the Apostles, we have something of that recorded for us by Luke. The disciples looking into the sky are joined by two men in white, angels who always seem to appear at significant places in the Bible able to give meaning to what cannot be easily explained. Luke says they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. They said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem. They didn't have much to say to what they had seen, to what they had heard, obviously. They're walking a new road of faith here. Jesus had said to them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They saw him go, and then they went to wait. They returned to Jerusalem. There's a whole piece here which is familiar to us in the coming of the Holy Spirit. We are living in that experience. We are living in the age of the Spirit. But Ascension Day has more to say to us than to explain the mechanics of how the Holy Spirit came to be released into our world. For the bewildered disciples, at this point it's all about what does this mean? What, what's happening here? There's no wonder that they were speechless. When they met together with Jesus, they had asked him, 
Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is all this about that? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Until that day when the kingdom is restored to Israel and a whole lot more happens, you have a task to do. Concentrate on that. But of course, the task does have a purpose. This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. In our songbook, in the, the song, At the Name of Jesus, number 74 in the Salvation Army's songbook, there are actually two verses missing. It's something like the way in which we miss the ascension in our thinking. Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, and then a leap over into, into Pentecost, losing this, this piece of the story. And those of you who do puzzles or jigsaws, you know how irritating it is when there's a piece missing that makes the picture complete. Or if you like to read books, if you discover that there are pages missing and somehow the story fails to make sense. Well, our songbook acknowledges that Jesus bore his name as our saviour triumphant with its human light through all ranks of creatures to the central height, to the throne of Godhead, to the Father's breast, filled it with the glory of that perfect rest, it does not say, brothers, sisters, this Lord Jesus shall return again with his Father's glory, with his angel train, for all wreaths of empire meet upon his brow, and our hearts confess him, King of glory now. Someone missed it out. Or someone decided it shouldn't be there. Broke the flow of Caroline Noel's thought. Left the ending off, if you like. It does as we do. It stops in a place. A good place. With Jesus in heaven and the Holy Spirit given. But there is more. There is a final piece. And without the final piece, we are like those disciples looking up into heaven and looking for what? And waiting for what? What has been the purpose of all this? What was it all for? Why do you stand looking into the sky? The same Lord Jesus will return. Jesus' going promises Jesus will come again. Until then, because we don't know when, you will be my witnesses. To what? To a resurrected Christ who offers a resurrection life to all those 
who will believe in him. Paul says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. All the promises of heaven will be ours. All those things we read about in the Jewish Bible, the Old Testament, the promises of God, the promises of Christ, all of that will be ours. All shall be well in his kingdom of peace. Freedom shall flourish and wisdom increase. Foe shall be friend when his triumph we sing. Sword shall be sickle when Jesus is king. So Ascension Day is important. Don't forget it. Don't let it fade into the background of the story. It promises the return of Jesus. It promises the kingdom of God and all that that means. And if you're not looking for that, then what is it you're looking for as you look to heaven? May God bless you as you reflect on this Ascension Day and as you come to Pentecost. May it be with great confidence and rejoicing knowing the reason, the purpose for the gifting of God's Holy Spirit in your life so that you can be a witness and a soul winner and look for that day when we all come to meet with Christ and to be with him forever and forever. Amen.
look around me, I see prophecies fulfilled, and signs of the times that appeared in everywhere. I can almost hear the Father. us all to be witnesses for you wherever we are and whatever we do this week. Thank you Major Slynn for sharing your message with us all this evening. Our closing song tonight is another that we tend not to sing very often anymore but it is in our songbook and Major Slynn quoted verse 3 in his message just a few moments ago. It's number 275 in the songbook. And the chorus reads, Come, let us sing, praise to our King, Jesus our King, Jesus our King. This is our song, who to Jesus belong. Glory to Jesus, to Jesus our King. We're going to sing verses 1, 3, 4 and 5 to finish our meeting. And then we'll have our closing benediction.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill our lives and keep us happy, saved and free until Jesus comes or calls. Amen.